<clears throat> What's up, guys? I'm Jermaine, and this is It's Not That Deep. <sighs> All right, I'm going to let y'all know right now. This is going to be a chaotic episode because I got a lot to talk about, and it's been a while again. So why wait? Let's get right into it. All right. I want to talk about the phenomenon known as a quarter life crisis and what that meant for me this last year of my life. I like to describe mine synonymous with the six stages of a hurricane. And I'm kind of in the dissipation stage right now. Like everything's starting to make sense. It's starting to settle down for now. Um, but through this state of emergency, I got to know some gruesome parts of myself, um, in my mind that I didn't know was like hidden behind the autumn theme foliage of my life. So I want to dive into this and kind of what it meant for me, how I navigated it and kind of where I am now. What's up? Let's catch up. Talk about quarter life crisis. No one really wants to talk about it, but so my quarter life crisis started Kind of like in the peak of seasonal defective dis. Did I say seasonal defective? Seasonal affective disorder makes you feel real defective. But anyway, seasonal affective disorder, um, which for me typically is between the months of like December and like through middle end of March, um, pretty much until like springtime comes around and we start to get more sunlight, things like that. But December through March, uh, it's always a tough time for me. Uh, it holds like a lot of heavy weight in my life those months. You know, death, passing, cold, snow, lack of sunlight. You know, just so many things going on. Um, and then I typically recharge and gain presence almost in April. Like <laughs> right around um, like when, you know, Easter is like around there. I feel like it's like very symbolic for me. Um, but last year... 2022 things were different like things were happening that i had no idea i was even ready for um i just really kind of hit a low that i had never i guess i've been low before but this was a different low um because i feel like the low that you feel from grief is not comparative to um what i'm talking about right now but i had reached this new mental low the first like in almost a decade um it was different and it, it, it hit a lot harder um, than anything I felt. Um, and it came in waves. It came in phases. It was it was up and it was ups and downs. It was ebbs and flows. Um, and it was just I was like stuck in that rabbit hole. If I ever talk about the rabbit hole, by the way, it's uh, something that me and my therapist do um, to describe like my ups and downs that I go through in life um, where I'll just be coasting along. I'll just be walking smooth and I'll fall into a rabbit hole, you know, a, a dark part or whatever you may call it. Um, and then I have to pull myself back out of that rabbit hole using, you know, the tools and resources that um, I was taught through therapy and through life experience. So um, last year I was in that rabbit hole and it just felt like I never came out. Like it felt like I couldn't pull myself up long enough or or strong enough to to make it out and then even get a couple steps in before I like fell right backwards back in um it got to the point to where I kind of like just gave into it and I just like sat there in the pit of misery that I was in um because I really didn't know how to help myself for the first time um and I wasn't in therapy when I was going through this um I took a break from therapy 
might explain a whole lot now that I'm talking about it. But anyways, I took a taking a break from therapy um and i was just you know on my own i was trying to figure this out because i had been in therapy for so many years that you know i had the experience i knew you know i had the tools and the resources and what to do to get myself out of the rabbit hole so i just needed to apply myself right just apply myself apply myself apply myself keep going you know breathe it out you know meditate um Understand who's, you know, holding the seats at your table, who's talking right now, calm your inner critic, like have those kind of, like I knew what I needed to do and I was doing those things. I was trying to do those things and nothing was working. I didn't know why nothing was working. Um, and for some reason it didn't dawn on me to schedule an appointment to go see my therapist to talk about it. Um, I just wanted to, you know, figure it out on my own, um, which is one of those things that I do. Um, <laughs> so it started to feel like I was just wasting my time. Like everything just felt meaningless. Everything was pointless. Everything was meaningless. I didn't have a sense of purpose. Nothing had a purpose. I was just, everything was a burden to me um, inside, mentally. On the outside, I was still showing up to places. I was still, you know, being there for people in my life that needed me there. I was you know, on the outside to, you know, the normal eye. I was still myself. I was still you know, moving forward. And that's kind of one of the, I call it a superpower, but it's really very sad. But one of the things about myself is I can, I can, I can put myself in the mode where I can just go without thinking about it because that's just all I know. Um, but everything just felt meaningless, just pointless. Um, and then I couldn't make up my mind about anything. I couldn't make a decision on anything to do with me or, life or just anything like I just did I didn't want to make the decisions and then when I wanted when I tried to make decisions about my life or just things that I need to do um priorities that I need to set I just couldn't make up my mind and it just I was frustrated because I couldn't make up my mind but I couldn't force myself to make up my mind to make a decision um and I just felt stuck like I was just going through life day by day without ever actually feeling present like I was truly there and I can really relate that feeling to a lot of experiences in my life um and I just actually had this realization you know over the past six seven months about just how many great life experiences that I've had these last you know so many years and how many of those life experiences that I look back on and a I have to like dig deep to remember them and then when I do remember them I don't feel anything about it like I don't feel an attachment to it I don't remember oh I was happy there oh I felt this there I I can see on that picture that I was laughing you know in this picture with my best friends at the time um but looking back at those at those moments I don't remember it I don't remember them um and that's because I lack I lack being present mentally when I'm in rooms or experiencing things my mind is often somewhere else or thinking about something else um to where I can you know be wherever and not truly be present um I lost all motivation especially for the things that I love um I think 
I like put myself in, I got myself hyped up to launch the po- podcast last year. Like I was really hyped up for it. Um, but it was something that I had to do very spontaneously and very quickly. I could not waste time. I could not afford to waste time or think about it too much because the podcast was supposed to launch, you know, I think three months before it actually did. Um, but I went through that will of procrastination and self doubt and just all those different things that I didn't know exactly what was going on with me because in my mind, it's like paralysis. Like you're I was laying there thinking in my mind of everything that I needed to be doing and all the progress that needed to be made. And I just couldn't bring myself to move to actually get it done. Um, and however, I mustered up enough courage to actually launch the podcast and, you know, figure all that out. Um, I did that. And then, I pushed myself for a few weeks as it was so it was so much hype behind it and the feedback and the reception was so great. And then I finally got to a point. I forget how many episodes I was in, but I just couldn't do it. Like I literally sat in front of my computer. I sat in front of my microphone. I sat in front of a camera and I pressed record. And I still have those takes of those episodes that I, you know, attempted to film back then. But I couldn't. I, I didn't. I just knew that <laughs> nothing I got in that mic and said, nothing I got on the mic and said was going to make sense. None of it was going to sound believable because I didn't even believe exactly what I was saying myself. Um, and that was especially like Trump, like scary for me because when it comes to things that I'm passionate about, and this podcast is one of them, just like my music and, th- and like my creative forms, like I'm like my, and all of my creative capacities, like my passion for them, no matter what I'm ever going through in life has never wavered, has never died, has never dulled. Like my passion for what I do creatively has always been at the forefront of everything for me when it comes to excitement and, and just where I like to invest my energy. So for me to not have that, it was very strange, very foreign for me, and I couldn't really explain it. Um, so I just hid behind excuses and just kept trying to figure it out within myself, um, coming up short every time. Um, there was just like so much stress. Like I would stress myself out about being stressed, which would make me more stressed, which led to like this crippling, almost debilitating anxiety. Like I walked around for like six months straight with my chest feeling like someone literally had their, like their, like me in a grip. Like when your mom grabs your shirt, like when you were a kid and you were, you know, doing whatever. Like I feel like someone did that, like to my chest and they were just like gripping it, like with all their might. Um, and I felt that way for six months, no lie, six months straight. And I continued just to operate. Like I remember being in my car, just driving down the street and I just felt like all these chest pains and just all of this. And I would try to talk to myself and just say, you know, this is anxiety, Jermaine. Like you're not having a heart attack. Like this is anxiety. This is your mind. Um, trying to deep breathe, trying to, you know, focus, center myself, regain composure. Like just, I, I spent so much of my time for months just having those conversations with myself and trying to just understand exactly what I was going through when I couldn't. Um, I had so much fear about making changes in my life. Um, Even the ones that I knew were good. Uh, There's a lot of decisions that should have been made last year that I'm just now getting around to make, you know, just right now. Um, I was supposed to quit my job last July um, and somehow I held on until June of this year. Uh, there's just so much that 
I was supposed to do that I didn't get done just because I let everything like I just had so much and it wasn't like a fear of of like what would happen, the results, the outcome. It wasn't a fear of that. It was a fear of just pushing myself to do it, I guess. Um, there was just a fear, like there's just fear behind it. And I believe like I, I count that a whole lot with anxiety. Um, but it definitely didn't help. And there was a lot of people around me that, you know, were cheering me on to make these changes in my life and to support me. And then I just had to explain to them and whatever I had to say, whatever bullshit excuse I could make up, like why I didn't pull through on what I said I was going to do. Um, and just, you know, whether it was, oh, I'm going to do it next week or, oh, I'm going to put my notice in, you know, this day or oh, I'm going to wait till then. I was just doing that. But truth be told, I just I I didn't want to actually explain what was truly going on with me because that was more complicated than just saying, let's push it off another week and then another week and then another week. And then here we are almost a year later. Um, like my confidence took a big hit just because of what I was feeling. Um, on the inside when it came to just anxiety and just fear and just overall stress and just lack of knowing exactly what was going on with me and why I couldn't pull myself out of this rut that I was in. Uh, it just, I lost a lot of confidence. Um, and kind of like everything around me. Uh, and I'm a very confident, I'm a confident person in myself. Like I believe in myself a whole lot and I'm, I, I've, I've had self-confidence in, in all of my life. And since, you know, if you talk to any of my teachers from, from grade school or school, um, they'll talk about my confidence that I had. Um, and I truly believe that in myself and for me to not have that confidence for just a little bit, um, that was like shocking for me. Cause I was like, hold on, Jermaine, this isn't who you are. You don't stand back from the crowd. You don't, you don't avoid things or people or, or responsibilities. You go after it. You're the person that teaches. You're the person that, you know, pulls along with you. Like, come on, like what, what's wrong with you is what I kept like thinking in my head. Like what is wrong with you? A lot. <laughs> there was a lot. Um, and then I didn't want to talk to anyone about it. Like I didn't like, I had so much irritation so much irritation towards people and as much of a people person as you know a side of me is um it was <laughs> tough to to have a regular conversation with someone like i remember being at a restaurant and i just i think i was at a restaurant by myself because you know normal things but i was sitting at a restaurant and i'm like ordering food and the waitress is very friendly, very nice, you know, working hard for that tip. You know, service workers, let's go. Tip your service workers, please. Like 20% minimum. But anyways, uh, my my waitress was talking to me. And I was in one of those moods where I was trying to, like, practice one of those self-care rituals. Or, you know, take your take yourself on a... On a to dinner, take yourself to dinner, take yourself to a movie. So I'm just like, try to like practice these things to get out of my head and to get myself into a better spot. So here I am sitting in this restaurant. I believe it was like Longhorn or something. And she just keeps talking to me. And in my head, I'm like, can you shut up so I can breathe? <laughs> like, can you shut up so I can think? Uh, why are you talking? Like, I, why can't you be a root server right now? Uh, and I just was like, Jermaine, this is pathetic. Like, you're literally sitting in the restaurant complaining about good customer service. <laughs> Who does that? Um, but that's just the 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 life 
that I was living at the time. I was not sure what I wanted to do with my life. I couldn't figure it out. Update. Still don't know what I want to do with my life, but it was worse because it was like a fear, like an impe- impeding doom, like impending doom. Um, like it was on this, like, I felt like every, something was coming at me. I don't know what it was, but something was coming my way. Um, and it was the consequence of me not knowing what to do with my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like itching for change though. Like I wanted change. Like I wanted, I wanted something different in life. Like I wanted, you know, a complete 180, but I wasn't sure what that looked like. And then if I did know what that looked like, I was going to be scared to fucking do it anyway. So what was I actually getting done? The answer is nothing. <laughs> then it got like, it trickled down into like my relationships, like my friend, like everything. Um, they just started fluctuating. Like I was not on good terms with it. Really a lot of people at that time. Um, and a lot of it was just, most of it was just overreaction on my part and just me wanting to isolate and not explain why I wanted to be isolated. So then, you know, impacting people that, you know, cared about me or didn't understand or wanted an explanation that I just was not able to give at that present time. Um, but it just affected every relationship in my life. Um, more than normal, like everybody was just pissing me off to be quite frank. And I was pissing everybody off. (laughs) I know I was not a very enjoyable person (laughs) at that time because I, I mean, I guess if I wasn't me to myself, then who was I to everybody else? I guess I have to ask that question, but who, I don't know. Um, I was just like, I wanted to go off the grid and like really ignore (laughs) everyone. And I did for certain periods of time. Like I would go a couple days and turn my phone off. Um, and then not really explain where I'd been when I turned it back on. I was update. I was laying in bed watching probably Chicago PD. Um, but I just, again, didn't understand exactly why I felt what I was feeling towards like the people that meant the most to me in the world and in my life. Um, there was just a lot of unknowns, a lot of questions, a lot of just everything. I had all these questions and, I couldn't just go and get the answer. If I would have called my therapist, I would have, but I couldn't just go like Google the answer and understand what was going on with me. I, I just, I, I had to kind of like try to navigate my way through it. Um, so I thought, um, uh, and then through that, like trying to figure it out and just putting myself on autopilot to just go, like gave me like the most extreme case of burnout, like in this burnout, lasted like i feel like i'm still dealing with like the tail ends of this burnout because don't get me wrong i am not saying like psa i am not saying that i'm completely over this i'm completely out of this and i'm completely good because i'd be lying to you um every day is still a work in progress but i feel today 1000 times better than i felt this day last year. And I can confirm that to you. Um, there was so much clarity that came from, you know, all this, everything that happened over the course of this past year and some change, but burnout was something that kind of like I experienced and that kind of like added on to like the existential crisis of my life that I was having. Um, it was like complete mental, physical and emotional, like exhaustion, like, absolutely exhausted um 
And that just came from a variety of things that I was doing to try to overcompensate for what was going on, you know, with me mentally. Um, because no matter what Jermaine is feeling, Jermaine can be the most <laughs> deep down in the whole person, like mentally ever. But Jermaine's still going to show up for people that, you know, need him or depend on him or, you know, that, you know, reach out. I'm still going to show up regardless. So um, it was kind of like a tug of war that I was playing with my mind where I should have just said, you know, no or step back or whatever. Um, but putting everyone else in front of myself is probably one of the biggest contributing factors to this burnout. Um, and that's just because I knew I wasn't in a good spot. I knew I should have taking some time to myself and really prioritize myself into figuring out what was going on with me, maybe book the therapy session. But instead I chose to mask things and, and, and put, push them to the side. Um, and as much as you know, those people needed me to show up for them in whatever capacity that may be, um, it was truly selfish because they would have understood if I would have said, no, I can't make it to that event or no, I can't answer the phone right now. Or no, I can't, you know, come there because I need to go and figure out what's going on with me. Or, hey, can you, you know, support me during this time? Because, like, I don't know what's going on with me. So as much as I can say, you know, putting others first contributed to this, I did. Because I did it selfishly. Because I just didn't want to deal with it. Because it was something that I couldn't figure out right here and right now. So I'm just going to shelf that, push it to the side. Let me show up to this birthday party because I show up to every birthday party. And if you've experienced burnout, then you know how difficult it is to engage in things that you would normally find meaningful and things that you would normally enjoy. Like I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to be anywhere. I didn't want to see anyone. One, two, three. None of it. I would show up. <laughs> I would go. I would smile wave do a hustle or two but believe that i did not want to be there but <laughs> that was my own toxic behavior um not prioritizing what i should have been prioritizing which was me at the time um <laughs> very cynical <laughs> cynicism is very much present uh, an inclination to believe that you know don't trust anything which you know in a healthy capacity skepticism is okay it's welcome but I thought the damn mailman was out to get me for a second not really but you get the picture like I didn't trust the Amazon delivery picture I had to be there to make sure my prime packages were outside that door Still today, um, but just <laughs> unmotivated, uninspired, detached, very extremely robotic. Like I, I didn't miss work. I didn't miss an event. I didn't miss, you know, everything besides a therapy session. I should have scheduled. Um, but it's just very, it's a very robotic, and that uh, that's why I said like I can attest a lot of this experience is a lot of this experience to a lot of different experiences in my life. Um, when I should have said no, or I should have prioritized myself or I should have, um, understood or recognized or just took the time to listen to what my body was telling me. Um, and then when I 
could get myself into gear and, and I can make a plan. I can say, all right, Jermaine, we're going to get this done. We're going to get that done. Let's go get yourself up, you know, dust yourself off. Like it's go time. Get that ladder. We're out the rabbit hole. Okay. But can we be out the rabbit hole tomorrow? Can I, can we go get the ladder tomorrow? Tomorrow I have the energy to do so. When I tell you, <laughs> procrastination was my love language for almost a year straight very very damaging in all aspects of my life but procrastination came in handy last year because i was gonna do it i was gonna work on myself i was gonna fix my mental health i was gonna figure out what was wrong with me i was gonna prioritize myself i was gonna take some time to truly reflect and get back on track I was going to do it all. I was going I was going after it. Tomorrow though. Tomorrow when I when I I feel better. 7 a.m. I'm waking up at 7 a.m. at this 3 a.m. 3 in the morning while I'm saying this, but 7 a.m. I'm up 4 hours of sleep. I've done it before for work. 7 a.m. I'm up. I'm to the gym. I'm scheduling the therapy appointment. I'm I'm going to figure out what's wrong with me tomorrow at 7 a.m. And then when my eyes finally opened at 11.45, I was like, you know, I'm going to get myself to 1 p.m. That's it. 1 p.m. Sun should still be up. Let's go. And then I wouldn't get out of bed till 12.45 to be out the house by 1. And I was like, you know what? Got till 5 to get your shit together. And then I would sit there <laughs> until 4.45. And I'd be like, you know. Sun going down already. Let's try tomorrow. But go to sleep early. Go to sleep at 9 p.m. So you can get up at 5 a.m. Because I'm not playing with you this time. All of a sudden that Netflix show got real good. And it was 1 a.m. when I was falling asleep again. Guess I'm not getting four hours of sleep and waking up again. And that was the cycle that my life was on for a long time. Just full of excuses and vibes. Um, and then when I wasn't procrastinating or while I was procrastinating, I was just hyper critical of myself. Um, just, you know, you're 26. What are you doing with your life? Where are you going? Why aren't you here? Why aren't you there? Look at this character on this TV show. You know, they're 22 and they have this. You know, why, why are you not? you know, doing more with yourself. Like, where's your accomplishments? Like, where, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you, why are you still in Ohio? This is not your goal. You're going to be going from Ohio by this time. Why have you not done this? It was just like a nagging, like parent in my head while I'm like laughing at my favorite Netflix TV show. Like it was just chaotic, like pure chaos was going on inside my head. I felt like there was so many like voices going on. And then like, what's that one, like monkey that holds like the symbols and just like bangs the symbols together like i felt like that was that's what was going on in my head just like everything and then like the episode of spongebob where like they're in his brain and like everything is on fire and there's like all these little spongebobs running back and forth running around trying to like figure out what what the hell is going on that is a very accurate description <laughs> of what was going on in my head at the time um while i was at work or while i was at you know attending an event so if i did anything with you in the year 2022 just know <laughs> that is what was really going on in my head while we were having that conversation um i think like it hit me hard in 2022 as well 
um, very early in the 2022 because I felt like I missed like two years of my life um, because like I didn't really get to sit at home during the pandemic and and do my own thing. Like I was a retail worker, like we were on the front lines, like we were there. I worked more hours in my life than I ever have. Um, just experiencing everything while I didn't really know what was going on for myself or how to feel safe and secure in my own right. But yet I was, you know, showing up to a job for, you know, all these associates that depended on me. Um, and I had to do it very confidently and very, you know, um, not worried, like, um, while, you know, deep inside, like I didn't know, you know, what was going on or when it would end and if it would affect me. Um, and then I ended up getting COVID twice and just, I just felt like those two years, we just like everything got put on hold, but you know, we got two years older, life kept going, but we couldn't do anything. Um, and then when I could do anything, I, it was work. <laughs> um, but just, it was just a lot that had hit me that I felt like it was just like, it was like a ton of bricks all at once. It kind of like just came crashing down on me. And it was just like all of this uncertainty and unsureness, but pressure, but also an anxiety, but a lack of care. Um, and then, being critical of that lack of care, um, it was just everything. Like there was, there was nothing. Um, I started to really hone in on that lack of experiencing success internally. Um, even when I was great at things, um, I didn't believe it. It didn't, it wasn't me. It didn't feel like me. It didn't feel like I had done anything. It didn't feel like I deserved to be there. It just felt like I was just like imposter syndrome was like very present in my life during this time. And it's something that I fought for a very long time. Um, and I, I still continue to fight that to this day. Um, I've learned some tools and resources and some, and some tricks to kind of like counteract it and kind of, you know, build that muscle against it. Um, but it's definitely, definitely an everyday battle in my life. Um, it is a lot of self doubt, um, versus self confidence. Uh, and I say that because my self confidence doesn't come from the approval of people. My self confidence I feel like I was out. It was instilled in me at a young age to be confident. I'm self-confident that I can do and I can achieve and I can work towards anything in life um, because I'm a hard worker um, and I have great survival skills. So I have a lot of I have a lot of self-confidence and in, in myself and my capabilities. So it's never been that um, my struggle has been with um, believing that what I do and what my, you know, capacity and what my understanding of great and whatever I put out into this world, um, is great to anybody else. If that makes sense. Like I don't, I have a hard time believing it. Um, Jermaine, you did a really good job at that. Did I, or are you just saying that because you're supposed to say that? Why don't I believe you? Jermaine, you're really good at this. Am I? Because I felt like, you know, I was pretty amateur at that. Like I could have did it a thousand times better if I would have cut right there, made a right turn, you know, did this, colored it this way, did that. Like I could have, I'm giving myself a thousand notes right here, but you're telling me I did great. You're telling me this is amazing, but look at that. 
Look at that. Why would I make that mistake? Why would I not cut that corner just like that? Why would I? Nah, nah, you're lying to me. Look at all this. Look at all these flaws right here. And you're telling me I'm, nah, you're lying to me. I don't believe you. You're just, nah, I don't trust you. Um, so on and so forth. Like really extreme, like really extreme. Um, it caused me to over prepare myself for like everything. Um, I felt like I had to research, had to look into, I had to know the reason behind what every part of everything meant in order for me to execute it when, to be honest, it was just like, you know, folding a piece of paper in half. And I had to understand how much does that paper weigh? How you find the perfect center line? What happens if you don't? How many mistakes can you make? How you iron that out? You know, where the first, how was paper made? Like I had to over prepare myself for everything in life um, in order for me to actually do it. Um, there's a lot of different reasons why that happens. Uh, but it really caused me to be a quote unquote perfectionist. And that perfectionism led to a lot of different things either led to me being super hypercritical and doubting that like, you know, what I actually delivered was even, you know, worthy or was even, you know, good, let alone great. Um, but just good. Uh, and then, also procrastination and and never getting it done there's a lot of things that never got done because um of quote unquote perfectionism because it was never ready um or i would hate you know one piece of something and it would cause me to deconstruct the entire you know thought process or the entire whatever it was and just start from scratch and i started from scratch so many times that i never truly got anything completed and if I did have to turn something in or if I did have to, you know, mark it as complete, it was a half job. Um, and it all came from just me doubting that what I would produce would own up to something. I was confident that I could do it, but I doubted that, you know, the turnout would be great. Um, and that perfectionism kind of has ruled my life for some time. And I kind of like need life without it like i'm a dreamer i'm an artist like uh, I, I i i i was all these things before this tragedy stuck struck my life and then i just became in my opinion a robot behind it all like i was i had the you know the feeling behind it i cared the emotion was there and by robot i mean like i let my survival skills take over and lead everything i operated every day of my life like i was fighting for my life and by operating that way, it really kept me from truly experiencing what I was experiencing. I was there. I showed up. I was present, but I wasn't there. I set very, very, very high expectations for myself and blah, 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 blah. We all know high expectations are the key to everything. I get it. I get it. Set expectations high for yourself. Like, I don't ever want to say don't ever do that because I still do it to this day. Like, who I expect myself to um be and just what i expect myself to do like, i have high expectations of myself like i want to make myself proud um i want to make i want to make my mom proud i want to like i want to do certain things in my life and i have those like expectations there for myself and they're just different they may be different from everyone else's but they're um they're high to me uh and i had to learn how to stop treating that one percent of that goal that i didn't meet as complete total failure like I got 99% of whatever done or I gave, you know, 99% of this. And there was that 1% that, you know, 1% of a flaw that, 
most people wouldn't even recognize. Um, and I would let that 1% hold me back from doing anything, from going after anything, from truly like realizing what my potential was. That 1% just really held me back um, for a very long time. And I kind of am working towards healthy strategies and healthy ways to get past that feeling of quote unquote perfectionism because I understand logically that nothing is perfect in this world. Like I get it. Like I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, but it just, it's, it's just strange when it comes to, to you personally. Um, I had to figure out how to begin at least or find the, the, the steps to even start trying to let go, move forward, grow from, you know, work through imposter syndrome um, to start recognizing my success as truly my success um, and taking my accomplishments for what they are and actually, you know, believing that I earned those or believing that I worked towards them and that I deserve them. Um, like I don't like I learned that you don't necessarily have to lower the bar, but. I had to change my standards for success to me. Uh, like I'd learn how to focus on what my progress is rather than perfection. And like, it sucks to say, um, but I was reading an article and it was like, you know, try to remember that it's likely that you expect more from yourself than anyone else. Um, and although that's not a foolproof way or like the, the the gold star standard to overcome an imposter syndrome, but sometimes I have those conversations with myself um, when I'm working hard on, you know, um, an episode or a song or just anything. And I'm working on something hard and I'm just overanalyzing everything and, and, and just every little small little detail and just being super, you know, self-critical and hypercritical of myself. Um, I ask myself, you know, sit back and, you know, look at this from another point of view. Look at it from a different point of view. Don't look at it as yourself. Um, And then I want you to tell me, are you satisfied with this? Like, is it actually garbage or are you just nitpicking? And again, the perfect song has yet to be finished the perfect like nothing is perfect like there is nothing perfect in this world so once you once i started to realize that and kind of like really you know humble myself down because even when you know i reach that level of perfection i think is perfect it's still not perfect so you know simmer down um you're not that special jermaine uh but no seriously once i realized that um Perfection is going to hold me back. Perfectionism is going to hold me back for the rest of my life if I don't learn how to work through it. Because there's so much, there's so many things that I need to be doing right now if I really want to truly have the future that I want for myself. There's so much that I need to be doing right now. There's so much that I need to work on right now. So if I allow myself to not put out po- projects or to not put out podcast episodes because I hate the way I sounded on this part or I hate this or I hate that then how will I ever get to those goals and whose fault will that be? I can't say, I can't sit in front of you and say that my biggest, my biggest wish in life is to not have any regrets when I get to the end, but then not do the things that I need to do right now to set my future up to how I want it to be. So I don't have to say those things when I get to the end. Like that's, that's, 
not how we're going to do these things. And that's kind of the conversation that I had to have with myself and the breakthrough that I needed um, is to try to learn how to work through those things and taking it easier on myself. Um, and then I also had to accept it. Like that feeling will never truly go away. That feeling of, you know, not, you know, deserving and that feeling of that imposter syndrome never truly goes away. Um, you just learn how to work through it, but in order to learn how to work through it, you have to accept it as a part of yourself. Um, so you can learn how to deal with it. And so you can learn how to manage it. Um, I mean, it'll, it interferes way less with my well-being now than it ever has. Um, and that's just because I know how to, one of the things that, you know, I talk about in therapy is like, there's like a table, like a, a metaphorical table. And there's like all these people, um, versions of yourself around this table. And, and that imposter sits there that, um, that critic is sitting there at that table, but I know when to calm the critic and bring the coach out. Um, and I just work through that. And I hope that, you know, I keep that you know, mentality, that mindset and that ability to do so. Um, truthfully, once I learned how to slow down and stop criticizing myself so much and being so hypercritical of myself and having some patience um, to let myself feel, to let myself go through whatever it is that I was going through um, and not try to fight it so much, not try to fight against so much of what I was experiencing and letting myself experience it because I knew that, you know, at some point, it was going to be a lesson for me at some point in my life. I'm going to be able to look back at this experience and say, you know, there's a reason this happened. I didn't understand it at this time. I still don't understand exactly why all of it happened and kind of like why I'm going through what I went through and you know, whatever, but I know that it will. Um, and that came from like some self realization that I had and some self actualization that I experienced. Um, and it just, it, it, it's helped me a lot. Like I, I received, like I achieved a great deal of mental clarity over the course of the past, you know, couple months. And I feel more in tune with my emotions than I probably ever have. I've learned to lean away from shame and lean into vulnerability. Shout out to Brene Brown. And I like have a new understanding of how my life works individual to me, um, and I felt like that that was important. Um, that mental clarity sucks at sometimes because I still overthink. <laughs> I still overthink as, you know, mental clarity will lead to a lot of overthinking because once you start to realize, you know, once you can talk yourself through what an emotion means or why you feel this way or, you know, what's happening, once you can come to an understanding in your head, then you start to think about everything and you try to, you come to an understanding about everything. So you're just spending all your time in your head understanding everything. Um, and it's hard to relax thoughts and negative and intrusive thoughts through um, that overthinking sometimes. So um, it's just one of those things that comes with, territory uh identifying stressors that make my life worse were one of the biggest tools that i needed um like for example i had to f quit watching all these crime shows before i go to bed at night because it's it impacted the it negatively impacted the quality of my sleep um because i like have like wild nightmares in the middle of the night after i watch crime shows but i never remember what the nightmares are i don't know any dream analysts to kind of figure that out when i'm not paying for it so um, but <laughs> like, I like crime shows, like police 
procedural dramas like are my favorite tv shows like Lorna svu uh chicago pd um ncis like all those shows are like my favorite like like things to watch i mean i watch them like all day long but i've realized that like a couple hours before i go to bed like i should probably not watch that um but caffeine <laughs> caffeine is definitely something that um <laughs> triggers a lot of things for me um especially in excessive amounts and i realized that when i work for my job um i drink a lot of caffeine like i would wake up in the morning and i would stop and get coffee and i would get to work and i might have an energy drink and then you know i would work all day and i go to lunch and then i might have a cup of coffee on my lunch most times not but sometimes i would have a cup of coffee on my lunch and then I would leave work and I would want to go work out. So then I would get an energy drink before I went to work. And I'm wondering why I have like this crippling anxiety and like all this angst and, and worry and stress when I'm literally pumping myself like full of caffeine, just like ruining my, my heart, like over time. Um, so just identifying the things that make, you know, everything mentally worse um, and trying to work through those things and trying to prevent those uh, from happening and understanding how to realize what you're doing, that what you're doing that is negatively impacting you. Um, but sometimes I think I, I'm too logical. Um, I think I lost a little bit of spontaneity um, that I'm trying to get back uh, because I realize that a loss of spontaneity kind of like ruins my creativity. Um, I can't think everything through. I still got to make some dumbass decisions. Like I'm only 26. We still got four years of a ride in this twenties, uh, this decade. Um, so I can't think too clearly now. I still got to make a little bit of reckless decisions. Still got to do some dumb shit, um, which is a good and a bad thing with the way this world is going. But um, working towards that um, and then really realizing to not accept or set unrealistic expectations for myself. Um, it brings you a clear mind uh, towards like the actual progress that you're making and less about the end result. You live in the moment a lot more, you know, especially over the last couple of months. Um, self, uh, like not complete. Don't quote me there. Uh, but I'm on the journey of self-actualization and self-realization at the same time. And self-actualization is, is more mental, is more like you can like put names on these things and really visualize them um, versus, you know, self-realization is very spiritual. It's very, you know, transcendental in that manner. So I've been really trying to tap into both of those and in, in, in hopes to better understand myself and my journey that I'm on and just, just gain some focus and some continued clarity. Um, and like, Self-actualization um, is based off of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it's all about, you know, self-acceptance, uh, like understanding your potential, um, understanding your limits and your capabilities and using it in unique forms that um, are unique to you and understanding what you bring to the table um, that's different from everyone else. Um, and I think understanding that individuality is a blessing and not a curse is something that, you know, you really discover in your twenties, especially like in the world of social media, because if you really scroll your, like your, your Instagram feed, especially if you have celebrities in your Instagram feed, um, it looks the same. 
like the lives look the same almost. So there's like you you lose that visualization of individuality. So realizing that your own capabilities, what you bring to the table, what makes you different, um, what makes you unique, um, being open and spontaneous to new experiences, new things, new adventures, whatever life has to offer you. I'm still being skeptical enough to make, you know, good balanced decisions, but also being, you know, spontaneous. And I just said that that's something being spontaneous is something that, you know, I'm working through. So it's a part of this journey of self-actualization that I'm, you know, trying to embark on Um, and also being realistic with myself and what my goals are and what my priorities are and being realistic with where I am mentally um, and what I can take on um, and what I should expect for myself right now and, and what realistic goals I should set for myself um, is really important for me. Like that's one of the, like that, that means a whole lot to me right now because um, one thing I do is I shoot for the stars and sometimes that's the problem because I don't even like space. Uh, being more responsible, taking responsibility for just taking care of myself. Uh, because as much as we like to play superheroes in this world and be there for people and so on and so forth, you are inevitably, oh, that was a big word for Elmo, inevitably <laughs> in charge and responsible for yourself. So if you don't take that responsibility and put some good use to it, then who is, who is going to truly take care of you in the way that you need to be taken care of if you don't do it for yourself? And I'm trying to enjoy the journey, the ride. Like I'm in try, I'm trying to enjoy everything that life has for me and every capacity that it has and the journey that I'm on, the path that I'm on and not focus so much on the destination like i know where i want to end up but that's not where my eyes are my eyes are on the road right now i gotta watch out directly in front of me not necessarily what's down the road like i gotta see what's happening right here um that way i know the correct moves to make right now um enjoying my solitude and privacy which if you know me you know that that's something that i thrive in um but realizing that that's not a bad thing and that's also necessary in this world um you need a break you need a break from everything that's around you you need a break to recenter to you know calibrate yourself to get yourself back on track so that you can come back and you know continue to be and do the things that you need to do um focusing on my pursuit of growth uh my individual development Um, And just trying to just make sure that everything that has happened to me in my life, everything that I've gone through, everything that I've made it through, everything that I've survived, isn't just for nothing. Um, Taking control of my my myself um, and my my path, my future, um, because I believe that nothing that has happened in my life was for no reason like this this has to all mean something right um and maybe that's just a dreamer in me maybe that you know whatever you want to call it but i believe that you know we all go through what we go through for a reason we just got to continue to push to figure out what that reason is um and that's what brought me to like the self-realization journey so you know getting more in touch with my spiritual side looking 
uh, introspectively at myself, um, being aware of my emotions and what the root cause of those emotions are, um, my thoughts and my actions, self-reflecting, um, letting go of the ego and surrendering to like the present moment, like trying to be present to understand myself, um, letting go of like cultural and, and social expectations and um, getting in touch with my faith and understanding people for who they are and exercising empathy in a different form. Um, because I realized that empathy does not empathy is not synonymous with excuses. And a lot of empaths make excuses for the way the things that they go through or the way that people treat them or what they allow because of what that person is going through. And it's important to be empathetic, but empathetic does not mean making excuses for shitty people. And that's something that I'm <laughs> working towards. So I'm on the right path. I'm on the I feel like I'm moving in the right direction. I'm more hopeful. I'm more determined. I'm changing my verbiage. I'm not saying I think I can or I I hope I'm saying I'm going to and I will. And I'm just I'm trying to just just think in a different headspace, a different you know frame of mind. Um, I quit my job. <laughs> um I quit my job uh, because I just I want to go do other things and I want to put my focus in other areas and working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week um, doing something that I was good at. But um, it's not my path or my passion in life. Um, so I made that decision for myself that I needed to go and I need to do it and I need to do it right now. There's no time better than right now. So um, I'm figuring that out. Um, there's just so much change happening in my life and. For the first time in a very, very, very long time, I am ready for it. Like, I am ready for it. Um, I think that this crisis, this existential crisis, was a wake-up call, was a lesson for me in a lot of different ways, in a lot of different avenues in my life. Um, and it was something that I actually needed. Um, so I'm thankful for it. And I'm grateful for it. And I have gratitude for myself. And I have gratitude for everyone around me. I have every, I have gratitude for you know, everyone that has had an impact on my life um, and has chosen to, you know, be along for the ride, for the journey. Um, thankful to all of you guys out there listening. Can I just tell you how proud I am? A year ago, I had no idea that this was even capable, that this was ever going to happen. I just, you know, picked up a microphone and started recording and then set any expectations for what I wanted. But today, I can officially say that we are streamed in over nine NINE countries um, around the world. That is a milestone that I didn't, you know, see coming, especially so soon. Um, it's something that I've, I've known for a little while now, but I wanted to come back to actually say it in an official capacity, but just thank you for everyone that has supported that has, you know, wrote for this podcast since the beginning, even throughout my hiatuses. Um, I have so much in store for you guys and I appreciate, you know, just everything. Very grateful, filling my life with gratitude, trying to, it's a struggle, it's everyday battle, but remember mental health is a muscle, right? that you got to work out regularly to keep strong. And, um, you know, when you fall off and you, you know, fall into whatever, you know, you go through, it's never too late to, you know, pick that weight back up and just get back to it. And I'm focusing my life more on getting back up and continuing and not the fall. Um, cause I spend too much time, 
focusing on, you know, why I fell and how I got there and, you know, why am I here again versus the strategy to get myself up and keep going and push harder. Um, so that's my goal, um, you know, going through this crisis and feeling like what I think is, you know, the tail end of it and me coming out of it. Um, but I'll keep y'all updated. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, but that's it. That's all I got for you guys this time. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, and coming along on this journey with me, I will talk to you guys in the next one.